0: On On the road to the White House, polls had it
1: wrong. God bless the great state of Iowa.
0: Ted Cruz wins the Iowa caucus, beating Donald Trump by four percentage points. Rubio finishing a close third at 23%. One of many storylines our Washington insider Jamie Dupree is following from Des Moines this morning. Good morning.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Look, uh, I I think when we look at it first, uh, one possible headline is the obvious one. Ted Cruz wins. Uh, The birther attacks didn't work against him. Neither did the insults from Donald Trump. Cruz made the argument against ethanol. Uh, That didn't hurt him. The opposition of the governor didn't hurt him. And he was able to basically outwork everybody and outorganize Donald Trump especially. Uh, Number two is that Donald Trump lost. We wondered what would happen when the vote would finally occur. His people did not surge in the turnout. There was a record turnout. But I think, uh, Rich, it was more the people who came out to vote for Cruz and for Rubio and against Trump. Now, think about it. Trump almost slipped into third. Marco Rubio almost caught him, and it wasn't way back. Rubio, I I was telling you for days, I thought that Rubio had momentum, and it did turn out that way. And really, when you think about it, Rubio was able to finish a strong third with millions of dollars in negative ads dropped on him by Jeb Bush and by others. Uh, and, And Donald Trump didn't have hardly any negative ads being run against him. So, so that tells me that things are really going to rev up in New Hampshire, and it also tells me, Rich, maybe the polls are wrong in New Hampshire, too. In
0: the year of the unconventional campaign, did this still prove once and for all, I guess, that Iowa is all about the ground game, about the uh, you know hand-to-hand combat, if you will, with your uh, with your voters out there?
2: Well, maybe it, it proves that elections overall are still about the ground game, that at least in this area, you cannot have just big rallies and fly in in your plane and, and, and just to sort of do a minimal amount of retail work. That's what Trump tried to do, it did not work. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz went to all 99 counties in Iowa. He finished the last one yesterday, so he put in his time. He did his work. Rubio, maybe the bottom line for him would have been, boy, if he would have spent more time here, uh, it, it might have worked out. And the other thing I would say is, I think that, uh, uh, that this sort of shows that missing the debate last week was a mistake for Donald Trump. It allowed Marco Rubio to gain additional momentum along with Ted Cruz.
0: Five lessons from the Iowa caucus in the Washington Insider blog, written by Jamie Dupree at wokv.com. Instant updates as well on Twitter at Jamie Dupree. We'll have you back a little bit later this hour. We'll dig into the uh, Democratic race with Hillary surviving. But man, that was tight. Absolutely tight. And we will uh, continue to monitor that as we turn our attention now to the Duval County Democratic Party chairman, Neil Hendrickson, who joins me live to recap the Democratic race, where, Neil, thank you uh, very much for getting up early with us this morning. Uh, We're told by the Iowa Democrats that it was as close as they've ever seen an Iowa caucus. I don't know if they had the record turnout that they did from 2008. But do you have immediate takeaways from 30,000 feet? Is this like Hillary surviving this
3: contest? Well, I think what we saw was Hillary did well in areas that she did not do well in in 2008. So she picked up a lot of the uh, John Edwards uh, precincts that she had lost in 2008. And I guess overall, from from the 30,000-foot view, we're excited that we had so much Uh, enthusiasm from the Democrats in Iowa. So we had strong turnout, we had a lot of enthusiasm, and we look forward to that in the
4: general election.
0: Now, Bernie Sanders talked a lot about the powerful message that was delivered. It
4: is just too late for establishment politics and establishment economics.
0: Neil Hendrickson, the chairman of the Duval Democratic Party. How is that message resonating across the country? I mean, it saw big numbers for Bernie Sanders. He almost pulled off, if you will, almost an unthinkable, but at least a major upset over Hillary Clinton.
3: Right. Well, I think, you know, Sanders has been uh, driving young voters out. There's been a lot of enthusiasm. However, I think when one looks at the overall race around the country, you know, Bernie Sanders really was in the ideal setting in Iowa to turn out the vote and win, and, and he didn't do that. So what we have is, you know, basically a draw, I guess. Uh, Secretary Clinton uh, took more delegates by just a little bit, but we, we really had an opportunity. If Bernie Sanders was going to demonstrate that he could be viable nationally, here was the opportunity. Again, a lot of young voters, uh, non-minority voters, and he wasn't able to pull that off.
0: Here's the sense of Hillary Clinton following last night's uh, narrow win.
1: And I am excited! about
2: really getting into the debate with Senator Sanders about the best way forward to fight for us
0: and America. Now, in terms of context, I'm not really sure if she was setting up what may be a rough-and-tumble debate between her and Bernie Sanders Thursday, for example, in New Hampshire. But I guess it's a sense that she wasn't going to coast to victory, and she probably her campaign probably didn't even figure that either. But, Neil Hendrickson, I guess you wonder, a year ago, just about everyone kind of put their easy money on Hillary Clinton... Because the Democratic nominee, this is going to be a race.
3: Oh yeah. And I think that what we'll see is competition on the Democratic side that'll be good for whoever the nominee
1: ultimately is.
3: And in particular for Hillary Clinton, she runs into now New Hampshire, where the state adjacent to Bernie Sanders' uh, home state, and she's going to have a tough road. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. She comes into this, the presumptive a nominee, like she did in 2008, and competition is good. It, it drives the base, it gets the candidate thinking and having to work it because the general election is where everything is
5: going to matter.
0: From a competition standpoint, Martin O'Malley dropped out of the race or suspended his campaign last evening. So now it looks like a two-horse race, which pretty much everyone assumed at this point, eh, given that O'Malley's polling numbers had been so poor and in the single digits. In Duval County and across Northeast Florida, Neil, what are you hearing on the ground about enthusiasm for Democratic turnout in 2016 versus the last two election cycles? It would appear that there's a lot of momentum that that has been around the Republican cause uh, because of the opportunity to um, uh, get a Republican back into the White House after eight years of Democratic rule with Barack Obama. Do you feel and sense that same level of enthusiasm in 16 as we had here and in the state of Florida in 08 and 12?
3: Yes, I think we're seeing the ground games for both the Sanders campaign and the Clinton campaign already rolling out in Florida, in northeast Florida, uh, there have been many events, phone banking for the respective candidates. So the Bernie Sanders people, they've been feeling the burn. They've been very active locally here in Jacksonville. Uh, the Clinton people have uh, had uh, phone banking going on. In fact, at our local Democratic headquarters, which we've made open, you know, we've, we've allowed both campaigns to come in. We've had phone banking uh, for, since December for both sides. So we see a lot of enthusiasm locally, we're seeing that throughout the state, and we think that's a great thing, because again, competition is going to be good, and it's going to be a tough general election, and uh, these candidates are going to be ready.
0: And it's going to be a long road ahead. I mean, Bernie Sanders right now is uh, clearly the frontrunner headed uh, into uh, New Hampshire next week, the Vermont senator from right next door, but then we have South Carolina and we move into Nevada and eventually into Super Tuesday State. So we're in for the long haul. Neil Hendrickson, appreciate it, Duval County Democratic Party Chairman, joining us on this special Road to the White House edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. I want to update you on a developing story in the downtown area. The Main Street Bridge closed still due to police activity. It would appear that police have uh, successfully talked down a man from uh, one of the guardrails near the top of the span. We're working to confirm that independently, but I'm seeing some initial reports of that. But at this moment, the Main Street Bridge downtown is still closed due to that police activity. We also have pretty thick fog in spots, so give yourself a couple of extra minutes to get where you need to be. As we sink our teeth deeper into the numbers uh, out of Iowa, some of the key takeaways on why Marco Rubio's campaign must really be riding high, if this may be the end of the line for people like Jeb Bush and Ben Carson, or if they're in it for the long haul. Special road to the White House edition of Jacksonville's morning news continues 619.
5: On You Decide 2016.
0: Our Road to the White House special continues. Jamie Dupree on how Marco
2: Rubio won Iowa by finishing third. Marco Rubio's strong finish in third place is all the more amazing when you think of how much money was spent against him by Jeb Bush's Super PAC and by others. In fact, yesterday when I was on the road in Iowa, I could not believe how many negative ads I heard against Rubio. So he was able to get almost a 24%, even with all that money being dropped on him, now he gets a boost going into New Hampshire. But if you're just getting
0: up and moving, Donald Trump lost to Ted Cruz, the ultimate winner of the Iowa caucus. Robert Hall is a political science adjunct professor at UNF, formerly at JU as well. And the 30,000-foot view of things, I guess the big takeaway is how well the ground game worked for Ted Cruz in Iowa.
4: Well, uh, I, mean, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, that is the technique to win in Iowa is to, to be specifically with individual voters and in homes, diners, um, and that was both Cruz and, and Rubio. But for Rubio, it, 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 it is the victory for, for him in um, in Iowa. Uh, he almost overtook Trump. Trump has to be or should be upset that he didn't show closer to Cruz or even win. Um, and this morning getting up, I'm sure Cruz is very happy, but uh, the happiest person probably it has to be Rubio.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this yesterday over the phone, uh, Robert Hall, a uh, uh, political science adjunct professor at UNF and formerly at JU. Uh, you know, would the retail politics game wi- uh, work for Trump where he can swoop into Iowa and uh, hold a huge rally, or, or is Iowa co- a completely different animal? It's proven that uh, obviously uh, the year of the unconventional campaign, there's still some conventional wisdom that you need to have in place in places like Iowa.
4: Absolutely. Um, And probably going forward, what's going to happen likely is, you know, this is a chink in the armor of uh, of Trump, and you pick up momentum um, off of unexpected victories, and you lose momentum off of unexpected losses. Um, And that's not going to play well for Trump um, as we really get deep into the primary... into the uh, primary system. You speak Uh, of
0: momentum. Who's got the momentum on the Democratic side since it was so darn close between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders? She survived.
4: I I don't know that anyone either gained uh, 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 exceptional momentum or or lost it. Uh, Clinton's general numbers across the country, the polling in general, um, is still fairly strong in her favor, uh, though this was essentially virtually a tie uh, in Iowa for um, and, it, you know, it's pretty clear that, that she's not going to win New Hampshire. Um, so, really, we've got to look more beyond those. And as we hit maybe South Carolina or um, really the South vote um, in the 1st of March, and then certainly Florida and Ohio um, on the 15th of March, Th- those are going to be the real critical ones to, to fully shake out or show um, what appears to be uh, Clinton's true strength.
0: Long road ahead. We've got a long ways to go. Robert Hall, political science adjunct professor at UNF, formerly at JU. Thanks for the insight.
2: A big loss for Donald Trump and a big win for Ted Cruz. I'm Jamie Dupree in Des Moines, Iowa. More on that coming up. As our special road to the White House
0: coverage continues on this Tuesday edition of Jacksonville's Morning News
5: on You Decide 2016.
0: Our road to the White House spotlight continues on this special hour of Jacksonville's morning news. We
3: finished second, and I want to tell you something. I'm just honored. I'm really honored. And I want to congratulate Ted and I want to congratulate all of the incredible candidates.
0: So Ted Cruz wins the Iowa caucus, working very hard on the ground in Iowa. He visited all 99 counties. Maybe he gets a boost in New Hampshire from this victory. We'll have to find out in the days ahead as the dust continues to settle. Straight ahead at nine o'clock, continuing analysis on the Herman Kane Show. Herman joins us live from New York. And as you uh, uh, kind of ponder some of the key storylines, one of lessons, it would appear, is the ground game still is so important in Iowa.
5: I think that that was the biggest difference for Trump. He didn't have an effective ground game. And what that means is you've got representatives in every precinct, and you've got people who are going to stand up at the caucuses and speak on your behalf. And in addition, Ted Cruz went one step further. He provided transportation for those who wanted transportation. So I think that the Trump campaign underestimated the impact of the ground game, which they did not have an effective one.
0: Herman Kane is uh, going to be live at 9 o'clock. Uh, Jamie Dupree says that Marco Rubio won by finishing third. Do you see it that way as well?
5: Yes, because that means that he gained a lot of momentum. Uh, it was a big question mark as to whether or not he would move up, but he got a lot of momentum. Now, what we don't know is where did he get it from. I happen to think that he got some of it from uh, the people who finished in the single digits. That's why they stayed in the single digits. Some people changed their minds. And they either had to go to Rubio or Cruz. And if they didn't go to Cruz, they went to Rubio. Trump didn't pick up any of, the, any of the supporters that might have defected from some of the other candidates.
0: In a year of an unconventional campaign, what's your takeaway on Trump's loss? I mean, he still had support. He had 24% support there. And he benefited uh, from uh, barely some negative advertising against him in the, in the caucus.
5: I would say that Trump lost some momentum. Cruz and Rubio gained some momentum. And the reason that he lost momentum was because of what I mentioned in terms of not having an effective ground game. And I think that that cost him. Someone asked me earlier about whether or not the the debate was a big deal. I think that may have cost him a point, but it did not cost him, you know, three, four, five points. So he lost a little bit of momentum. It's unconventional. And now it just puts more speculation on what's going to happen in New Hampshire. What do you
0: see? I mean, what, what do you feel maybe as we uh, look uh, now just a week before New Hampshire, where Trump has been pulling so well, but does Cruz get a really big bounce? Does Rubio continue to surge?
5: Uh, Rick, remember I predicted that the top three going into the our caucuses in terms of the poll results would be the three that were finished. I also said I'm not going to predict the order, and that's exactly what happened. Now, when you go to New Hampshire... I predict the same thing. It's going to be a battle between Cruz, Rubio, and Trump, but I don't know what the order might be. Mm-hmm. I don't think the people who have been camping out in New Hampshire, like Christie and Jeff Bush, I don't think they're going to get a surge. I think it's still going to be a battle of top three in New Hampshire, just like it was a battle of the top three in New uh,
0: Appreciate the instant analysis uh, the morning after the Iowa caucus so with Herman Cain. He's back on your radio dial starting at uh, 9 o'clock this morning in a special hour-long roundtable featuring Herman and uh, our Washington insider Jamie Dupree and others. That's at 11 o'clock this morning on a special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News. The
2: people of this great state vet sent a very clear message. After seven years of Barack Obama, we are not waiting any longer to take our country back.
0: Rubio sounding really upbeat after his third place uh, finish in the Republican caucus uh, in Iowa, saying lots of people didn't think he was going to do all that well. Listen to this one. This is probably going to be the one piece of sound that plays over and over again as it pertains to Marco Rubio.
2: They told me that we had no chance because my hair wasn't gray enough and my boots were too high.
0: <laughs> uh, Marco Rubio, Florida Senator, finishing third but really winning in so many respects. As we continue to dig deeper into the numbers, the lessons learned from the Democratic race, and the huge turnout for both Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders on this special edition of Jacksonville's Morning News, Road to the White House. WOKB News Time, 641. 644 on this special hour-long broadcast on Jacksonville's Morning News, Road to the White House uh, spotlight. By the way, the Main Street Bridge is now back open after the earlier police activity
5: on You Decide 2016.
0: As we continue to dig deeper into the numbers and the big win.
1: God bless the great state of Iowa.
0: As recently as yesterday, some of the polling out of Iowa had shown that uh, Ted Cruz was still second behind Donald Trump. He finished four percentage points ahead of Trump at the end of the day. Brad Coker is a pollster with Mason Dixon here in Jacksonville, Northeast Florida area. Did the polls get it wrong, or was it just it didn't really necessarily, you can never tell with Iowa when it comes to who turns out?
1: Well, probably a little bit above. Uh, There was a record turnout, 180,000 on the Republican side, which is Uh, quite a bit more than they've ever seen before, but the conventional wisdom was that the larger the turnout, the better for Trump. Uh, So uh, even to that extent, uh, even, even the polls and the prognosticators were wrong about that.
0: Rubio finishing third is, to a certain extent, a win for him because of the way that he's built momentum, it would appear over the last several weeks. I mean, finishing just behind and nipping at the heels of Donald Trump. You see it the same way?
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely came out as a big winner last night. Uh, I think Cruz had to win Iowa. Um, If Trump had beaten uh, Cruz in Iowa, it would have been a crippling defeat. Uh, But uh, Rubio uh, certainly polled a lot higher than, uh, you know, or pulled his vote percentage far higher than he polled, uh, almost 10 points higher than what he received in the last Des Moines Register poll.
0: Brad Coker with Mason Dixon polling. And uh, with uh, Hillary Clinton surviving in Iowa over Bernie Sanders, what are the key takeaways moving into New Hampshire, where Sanders has been polling at uh, a very good clip, and you would expect he would. He's from nearby Vermont, and uh, we know the the dynamics and the politics on the ground in New Hampshire. They've covered a lot. But what does this say about Hillary's chances going forward?
1: Oh, I don't think it uh, makes that much of a difference. Everybody expects that Sanders will probably beat her by a pretty healthy margin in New Hampshire next week. But then the race ships south, uh, where she's extremely strong, South Carolina in particular, where over half of the votes cast in the Democratic primary are by African-American voters. And all the polling that I've seen is that Clinton wins about 90 percent of the African-American vote. Um, I think she can survive New Hampshire by lowering expectations. And then she'll turn to states like South Carolina and Nevada, where her organization and the demographics are a little bit better for her.
0: Lowering expectations. She even said it in her uh, victory address, if you will, or the address to supporters last night, that, uh, hey, I'm looking forward to a robust debate. A year ago, maybe people didn't see this. Six months ago, people probably didn't see the Sanders surge and people talking about feeling the burn, but making her work for it.
1: Yeah, but again, Sanders, I think, has a very narrow appeal Uh, the the thing about Iowa and New Hampshire is that uh, New Hampshire is about 98% white Iowa is about 96% white Uh, so there's very little diversity uh, in those two states and you know a lot of his support is concentrated among younger college students I think he got something like 85% of the voters under the age of 30 Um, over over the long haul that's not going to sustain him especially when you get into older states with a lot of blue-collar workers and uh, minority voters, and that's where Clinton's strength is, uh, at least in the Democratic primary.
0: And for a second, back to the Republican side, Brad Coker with Mason-Dixon polling. Cruz-Rubio-Trump in that three coming out of New Hampshire as it starts to swing south then, and then out west to Nevada. What story? I mean, can anyone else penetrate that top three, D.C.?
1: Well, Kasich has sort of decided to put all his marbles in New Hampshire. It'll be interesting to see if uh, he can hold on to that. Uh, particularly with Rubio coming out of uh, Iowa uh, with you know, a much better showing than everybody anticipated. But uh, short of that, I don't think anybody else is going to be able to do it. Uh, I, uh, you know, my opinion is if any candidate uh, gets less than 10% in New Hampshire, it's time for them to depart the race.
0: Brad Coker with Mason Dixon polling already out of the race this morning. Mike Huckabee and Martin O'Malley. There's talk about Ben Carson, who has headed home for some R and R, and we're told a fresh set of clothes. But he told his supporters he is still in the race after a distant fourth place finish. As we continue to pour through the numbers and dig in with our Washington insider Jamie Dupree, the five lessons learned from the Iowa caucus. Next on this Road to the White House spotlight on Jacksonville's Morning News, six forty nine.
4: And I am excited about really getting into the debate
2: with Senator Sanders about the best way forward to fight for us and
0: America. Hillary Clinton's campaign declaring victory over her late surging rival, Bernie Sanders, one of the many lessons from the Iowa caucus that our Washington insider Jamie Dupree is uh, looking at. The best headline that uh, she could possibly get at this point would be Hillary survives in Iowa, you say?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, look, uh, with all the organization, all the advantage that she had, Uh, I mean, even she said it last night, a big sigh of relief. But her speech, didn't it sound like she won? I mean, if you didn't know Mm -hmm. and you just listened to her speech, and in fact, if you didn't know and you listened to Bernie Sanders' speech, you'd think both of them won last night. It was a tie, almost. She has a very slight edge. In fact, Rich, there was one precinct I was told where it was a tie, and so they had a coin flip. And Clinton won the coin flip, and she won a few delegates to the state convention that way by a coin flip. So barely winning last night. It's a reminder that just because you have the organization, just because you have all that advantage on the ground, doesn't mean you win. And so I think you'll see a little more boost here for Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. And he's certainly the favorite in the New Hampshire primary a week from today. And so as you look at New Hampshire and
0: then move into the South, where things start to get a little bit more diverse, I mean, if he has so much momentum coming out of New Hampshire, how does? that impact the clinton machine going forward
2: well listen momentum does change things and it will make the showdown in south carolina all the more important certainly just as momentum will alter things in new hampshire for the republicans i think you will see this week more people for ted cruz but i bet that when i get to new hampshire and go to marco rubio events i bet you'll see people out the door i bet you'll see people you know in uh, climbing in the rafters to get to see him because he'll come there with so much more juice than jeff Bush or Chris Christie or John Kasich, and I bet it gives a little bit of an edge to Rubio. Let's watch that. It'll be very important because clearly... People like Kasich, like Bush and like Christie want to stop Rubio in New Hampshire, because if he finishes number two to Trump there this next week, well, that's assuming the polls are right. And we were shown last night they were not. <laughs> uh, and the other thing is, I think Trump might have a difficult week this week. What is the storyline going to be for the media? It'll be Donald Trump. The poll numbers were wrong. They, you know, he lost in Iowa. Can he lose again in New Hampshire? Watch for Trump, really, to go after the news media and Rubio this week. Well, we learn
0: lessons, obviously, in any election, and this is kind of a first, if you will, in learning lessons about Donald Trump and what works and what doesn't work with him. We got our first test of that last night, the retail politicking, as we were talking about. Out of New Hampshire, I guess, how does the storyline ultimately then change, depending on how he finishes, where he finishes?
2: Yeah, it really does. I mean, look, for example, if Rubio were to be number two there, uh, he's getting a boost today with an endorsement in South Carolina by Senator Tim Scott. Mm. It's a big deal for Rubio to have that. And so if he could finish well a week from today in New Hampshire, he would have even more zip going down to South Carolina. Uh, On the on the flip side, if Trump can win in New Hampshire, that'll stabilize things and he'll go down there. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't win in either Iowa or New Hampshire? Mm. Then we start getting into much different territory, and you wonder where Ted Cruz fits in there as well, because certainly he's been strong in, in South Carolina as well. A lot more ground to cover
0: through the day. We'll talk again at 23 in a special hour uh, with Jamie and with Herman Kane and many others, a roundtable discussion breaking down and analyzing all the key takeaways. Uh, but five quick, efficient lessons from the Iowa caucus right now in the Washington Insider blog at WOKV.com.